Hello and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And before we start, a very happy new year to you all out there. Yes, it's 2021 and we're back. And uh, yes, we're ready for the year ahead, Paul, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's what I like. Optimism, Paul, optimism. <laughs> it is. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a brave new future, Paul. There's a, a, a vaccination coming for COVID, which is uh, apparently they haven't got enough of. Uh, the schools yeah. are closed for two weeks. Uh, yeah, it's all looking rosy. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, mean, I mean, as we said last year, what can go wrong? <laughs> exactly. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, lots. Oh, dear. Well, anyway, folks, we're here to talk about Doctor Who, not what's going on in the, the real world, really. But, um, but as usual, we're going to kick off with the news and what's, and what's been happening since we were last uh, on air with you guys. Um, but unfortunately, we have to sort of start the year with, well, we've we've lost three sort of major people from the world of Doctor Who. Um, so um, unfortunately, th- 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 this is the news practically. Um, so first of all, we'll start off with Jeremy Bullock um, has died at the age of 75. Now, I think to most people across the globe, he's known as playing Boba Fett in The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Um, but from the, from the world of Doctor Who, um, he's probably most famously known as playing Hal the Archer um, in John Pertwee's um, sort of first story of his last season, The Time Warrior, a story which also introduced Sarah Jane Smith as well. But one thing I did forget, he was also at the Space Museum in 1965. I've got no recollection of him being in that at all. No, it's a long time since I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, same here actually. Um but as I say a long and sort of varied uh, career, really. He's, you know, he started off as a pretty um, sort of as a, a child actor in a breakfast cereal commercial, um, and then he was in things like um, <laughs> this. Really, does go back to sort of dates at Billy Bunter of Greyfriars School, um, the, the Checkered Flag, as well as Carry On Teacher, and another one called Spare the Rod. That that <laughs> that sounds like a a teacher of the day's wet dream. That does. <laughs> Spare the rod. Didn't that have Max Bygraves in it? Oh God. Oh now now you oh now you're asking. Now you're asking. That does seem to ring a bell. Wasn't he wasn't he the teacher who didn't want to do the or have corporal punishment? Yeah, I think so. He wanted to reform or so yeah, yeah, that does ring a bell actually. Um but also he was also in Summer Holiday with Cliff Richard as well. <laughs> I vaguely remember him in that actually. I thought wasn't he one of the um one of his gang, or, or was he in the bus depot at the beginning? I can't remember. I've never ever seen it. You never seen it? I've seen it once many years ago, and I do remember saying, "Oh, that's Jeremy Bullock. That's Boba Fett." More, more to the point. But, uh, but of course, he was also in uh, Octopussy as well. I seem to remember he was in um, he was in Q's lab at the time. I can't. He's demonstrating one of the one of Q's um, sort of inventions. I can't remember which one it was. It might have been. Oh, was it the umbrella with the um, the teeth in it that sort of hooks around the person's neck? Oh, I can't remember. No, I can't either. I can't either. But uh, but anyway, so he, he had been um, suffering from Parkinson's d- disease for a number of years. Um, and I think this has sort of contributed um, to his decline in health. Um, but from all the things I've seen online when it was announced that he died, um, everyone said what a perfect gentleman he was um, and always willing to sort of give time to fans at conventions and always wanting to sort of pose for photos and chat to people. Um, so it does seem he sort of embraced 
um, sort of like the you know the fact that he was Boba Fett or his Hail the Archer, and he was probably sort of well known for that, even though he's he'd done loads of other things. Um, but that yeah. did sort of come to define him as an actor. Um, and everyone just said he had plenty of time for everybody. You know, so it's it's a uh, it's a shame. It is a shame. But uh, but there we go, there we go. So unfortunately, next we we also lost uh, Philip Martin, uh, died at the age of eighty two. Um, now he wrote a lot of scripts for um, I say a lot of scripts, two scripts for Doctor Who uh, during the uh, Sixth Doctor era, uh, Vengeance on Varos, and uh, what was the, what was, I've forgotten the other one now. Um, Oh, Mind Warp. That was the, the sequel. That was it, Mind Warp. Oh, God, I complete blank there, actually. Yes, of course, because he came up with the character of Seal, uh, played by uh, Nabil Shaban. And, of course, recently um, he, he did return uh, to that character um, with uh, Seal and the Devil's Seas of Arador, which was um, re- reviewed on this very podcast, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, again, a sort of, I think, again, another writer that never really sort of, again, Defined by one particular character, Sill, really. Yeah. He did. He did do a, a um, another another script, Mission to Magnus, which was 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 never uh, realised on television because the the show was put in hiatus, so it never got made. But it was made by Big Finish, um, apparently, which I haven't heard. I haven't heard it at all. No, I haven't heard but, that one yet. No, no but uh, but no, he did uh, contribute to things such as uh, Zed cars and Star Cops. And also Hetty Wainthrop investigates as well. That was uh, was uh, they actually went on for quite a long time. Actually, that pro I, was, I seem to record it was short lived, but I think it did go on for a number of years. Yeah, that particular show. But um, yeah, um, again, I think he was he was um, sort of quite sort of well known at the, on the convention circuit. Um, I think I did see him at Galley um, on at least one occasion. I've been that many times, but I think he was there one particular year. They had quite a good uh, sort of classic era lineup. Which I think he was on stage on on a sort of on a round table discussion. Um, yeah, um, unfortunately, I didn't go much on the still the Devil Seas of Arador. Um, I just didn't think it was very good, you know. But um, but I think I think he got a a lot of joy out of returning to the character. So fair play to him, really. Yeah, you know, fair play to him. But uh, yeah, but say eighty eighty two. Um, I say Jeremy Bullock was seventy five. He's eighty two. Um, and again. He's eighty-two, much of an age. I know seventy-five isn't much of an age these days. Um, he's eighty-two, really. I don't know. No, I mean, yeah, it's it, 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 the closer we get to it, the less it seems, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, we've we've had this discussion before, haven't we? So, oh dear. And lastly, and my sort of most recently, uh, the actor Mark Eden has died at the age of ninety-two. Um, I think for a lot of people who'll be known as Alan Bradley from Coronation Street. Um, who be- became one of the most hated uh, figures <laughs> in the country at the time, wasn't he? Um, so you remember the actual f- furore surrounding his character. Um, but then, of course, for, from the world of Doctor Who, he's, he's obviously he played the title character in Marco Polo. Um, unfortunately, all missing believe wiped. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, that's a shame. But um, yeah, I mean, he was um, again. I seem to I read a few things about him, and he said he came into acting quite late in life. Really, I think his first role—he wasn't, he wasn't until he was like age of thirty when he decided that he would sort of like you know become a um, an actor. So um, yeah, but again, he, he's appeared in quite a few um, quite a few things apart from Doctor Who. I mean, 
one of his sort of first things was the 1958 version or BBC version of Quake Mass in the Pit, um, which you can actually. I think it's, it's still available on iPlayer. Um, I don't know. I haven't looked. No, I, I did watch it on there, um, and it's very very good, actually. Um, obviously, it's quite it's quite dated compared to modern stands, but it's still a cracking story and very well put together. Um, yeah, it, it really is. So if you're still on that, I definitely recommend that you um, you guys check it out. I really do, because it, it's a really good bit of telly. Um, they did do the Blu-ray of it as well, didn't they? They did, it's, yes. A, yes. Around the same so, time. Did, so I remember yeah, Toby Haydock so, was doing commentary stuff for it, wasn't he? That's it, he was indeed. He was indeed. Which I think he advertised in this very show, actually, this very podcast, when we had him as a guest. Um but uh, yeah, so anyway, um, but anyway, he also starred in things such as The Avengers, The Prisoner. Um, he was also obviously the Bix with Zed Cars, um, Pole Dark, and of course, Crown Court. Tony's favourite. <laughs> yes. Tony's favourite. Um, but of course, um, he also did make a return to the world of Doctor Who because he played uh, Donald Baverstock in An Adventure in Space and Time uh, back in 2013. So I completely forgot he was in that. Actually, been a long yeah. time since I last watched that. It really is. I must watch that again. Actually, again, good bit of television. But uh, yeah, it's a very sad. But like I say um, ninety-two. I think he had been suffering with Alzheimer's disease um, for, for 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 some time, I believe. So, um, but anyway, it, it's uh, I think three people there with long and varied careers, and we sort of tip our hats to to all three of them. Yes, we really do. So. Um, What's else in other news? Now, obviously, if you stuck around after um, Revolution of the Daleks um, finished on uh, New Year's Day, you would have seen a little bit of bonus material. And it's in all the news anyway, so we're not spoiling it for you. Because it was announced that um, comedian, I don't know if I should use that term, but comedian John Bishop um, is going to be in the next series of Doctor Who as the character of Dan. Um it wasn't quite clear what he's, whether he was a companion or not, but it's now come out, yes, from that little trailer we had. Um, but now it's been confirmed, yes, he's going to be a companion called Dan. Um, I mean, it would have been pe- a lot to have given someone a trailer if they're just going to be in one or two episodes, wouldn't it? I know, exactly, exactly. Um, that would have been quite bizarre, really, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, um, yes, there you go. Apparently it's a childhood dream come true for him. Um so there we go. Um, thoughts, Paul? Because I think everyone thought we were just going to get Yaz as, as a sole companion moving forward. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know anything about John Bishop's acting ability, so I can't necessarily comment on that. Mm, um, I, I know he has acted in other things. I've, I've not seen anything myself, no. um, to be honest. Um, I think we've already had the... You know the, the the ubiquitous knee-jerk reaction uh, to, to his casting. Um, the same that we have with Catherine Tate, and we also have with Bradley Walsh, um, for that yeah. matter. Um, but apparently, he he has, I say he has acted in other things, serious yeah. dramas as well. It's not it's not been sort of comedic uh, at all, as I understand. So, and what I have also sort of read that he was actually very good. So um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, know, I think I think one thing we've learned over the over the last few years is not to prejudge someone because they're more famous for something else. No, exactly. Coming into Doctor Who, are we? I mean, no. Because we got that wrong about Billy Piper, didn't we? Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. Yeah. 
I'll, yeah, I'll hold my hands up on that one, certainly. I, I really will. Um, yeah, got that completely wrong. But uh, one of the things I, ha- I had seen Bradley Walsh in things like Law and Order and, yeah. and also in the Sarah Jane Adventures as well, where he, he played, a, um, was it Day of the Clown, I think the, the story was. He played the bad guy in that. So I already knew he could do it. You know, I was sort yeah. of, I thought, and, I, and he was very, very good in Law and Order as well, which is obviously a very sort of serious, um, serious role. Um, so yeah, I was, I was quite pleased that they they cast him. So I say I've not seen John Bishop anything at the moment, you know, dr- dramatically. But hey, jury's out. Yeah, let's 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 see what he's like when he's first episode. You know, so, you know, let's not pass judgment just yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, it would have been interesting to have, if they'd gone back to just the Doctor and a a one single companion again. Mm. But yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Um. No, I've just yeah, just like to see how that develops. Yeah. Well, so we were, well, we're hoping it's going to be um in the autumn. We we're sort of discussing this before we start recording because we we've sort of led to. I think it's been reported we're led to believe that John Bishop and, and his wife actually now um, have COVID-19. Um, so I think everyone's sort of worried about how that is going to affect the filming. And I think at the moment they're under a, a filming break anyway. Um, but I think the, probably the most important thing is that in his, him and his wife just get better, really. Yes. I think it's probably more important than um, Doctor Who right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but there we go. They, you know... They have they have their um their ways around these things. They just shift things around in, in the production. So you know, they'll manage it. You know, but as, as you know, as Paul and I just said, um, you know, it's more important that he just gets better and his wife gets better. Yeah. So I think that's where the uh, that's where the priorities lie right now. To be honest, it really is. Okay. So um, well, that's kind of it for for the news. Um, but right now, unfortunately, folks, because we've just had a new episode of Doctor Who that means one thing and then Omega's been waiting it's Omega's Stats Corner (laughs) yes the overnight viewing figures are in for Revolution of the Daleks and uh, it's the um, overnight viewing figures were 4.69 million Um, that made Doctor Who the most watched program on BBC One for New Year's Day um, and that had a 21.1% share of the total TV audience. Um, I don't think that was... That's bloody good, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's that's more than what a lot of people were expecting. You can't you can't do more than top the, the viewing figures on your channel. No. I mean, it's is interesting to see where we are in the world now that the evening news was the biggest... The ITV I know. evening news was the biggest... Uh, viewed thing yeah exactly because the the overall for a compile all the all the overnights for all tv um or terrestrial tv stations you had the itv's even news uh was at the top with 5.5 million uh coronation street comes second with 5 million um and against the doctor emmerdale at 4.6 million so um i think that's really quite you know, that's really good, to be honest. If you look what yeah. else happened on some of the BBC's other big hitters, what you watch the BBC like to think are big hitters, I mean, EastEnders, 3.3 million, and Mrs. Brown's Boys, which they've just commissioned, was it for a further, how many years? Yeah, I don't know. I really... Six years or so. It's had its worst ratings 
um, since the show there. He had, he had two episodes this year, one on uh, Christmas Day, one on New Year's Day. Um, and New Year's Day only managed to bring 3.7 million. Um, so I think it used to draw in a, a lot of a, you know, a bigger audience than that. Obviously, this is just the overnight. You don't know what the consolidated viewing figures are going to be yet. Um, but right now, um, it's good to see Doctor Who is sort of back up there. Even though people think, oh, no, the viewing figures are going down. It's only 4.6 million or 6.9 million. But look what's it's compared against. Those viewing figures yeah. are down across the board. And it's not just Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean that's what I say. You can you can only you can only be the best on your chat. You know, if you're the best on BBC One, yeah, then that that's the comparison you've got to make. Mm. You can't go back to what the viewing figures were years ago when there wasn't so much competition. Yeah, and other ways of watching television. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, I, for one, was watching the football at the time. So I didn't watch it until <laughs> later. Ah, uh, DC priorities, poor priorities. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean to, to be honest, I think I was more worried about finding out the result of the football if I watched Doctor Who before I had a chance to watch the football than I was finding out the result of Doctor Who before I'd watched that. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Oh well, well there you are. You, you've got to say um, we we don't know whether you made the right decision or yet because we'll come to our review of Revolution uh, slightly later. So. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> regardless of of uh, of how what I think about Doctor Who, I think I made the right decision because I enjoyed the football. Oh, there you are. Then wasn't wasn't the greatest game, but there you go. There you go. There you are. <laughs> that, that, that's bias for you. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, okay. Well, that's that's about. I mean, obviously, when we return next month, if we can remember to come back with the consolidated viewing figures, and and of course the audience appreciation index, we'll uh, we'll bring it up then. Um, but mm. right now, it's not ready, so yeah. it's only. I was actually up. actually going back to the football. Actually, it was so good. By the end of Doctor Who, Graham had got his West Ham scarf back on us. Yeah, didn't he? <laughs> 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 obviously cheered him up as well. That result. obviously had done. <laughs> Okay, everybody. Well, that's it for stats. But hey, we're kicking off the new year in style because it's now it's tat. Now it's time for Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets. Okay, everybody. We're going to start off the new year with some well, some nice expensive tat because this is courtesy of Big Chief Studios. Um, and what they've uh, brought to us or announced on the first of January um, is a K9 Mark II, which from Series 18, 1.6 scale figure. Um, now. Interestingly, it says limited edition to be confirmed, which is a, yes. a bit of an unusual statement. Surely they would have made their minds up before they made the announcement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might be a case of, yeah, it's limited to how many people actually buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as soon as yeah. we know how many people have ordered one, we'll tell you how, how limited it is. <laughs> Well, at the moment, um, it does say on the website, um, which we will post up um, on our um, on our Facebook page later on, um, in red, it's got limited edition. Um, now, this has a pre-order price of £159.99. Um, the usual price is £169.99. So get in quick and save that tenner. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like to know how you, how, you can have, how you can have a usual price for something that's not even been... For sale before. 
I know, exactly. Now, the thing is, this doesn't include the shipping costs either. So right. that's that's on top of. Um, so now the advised delivery on this is March 2022. So I would probably say April, May before it's actually people start receiving them, really. Yeah. Um, so that's that's just after the kids go back to school, is it? Yeah, yeah. it's looking that way, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Um it does say, though, that currently Big Chief Studios are unable to offer this item to customers in the USA or Canada. Um, yeah. it, all it says is once this issue has been resolved, we'll extend availability for those customers affected. Which may be, I suppose, why they're saying there's a limited, because they don't know whether they can export them to... Yeah, exactly. Canada or the USA. Now, is this because um, we're not sure whether we're going to get a trade deal with, with the... Uh, with the... The USA. I, no, I don't. I thought they might. Yeah, well, there, there's obviously some rights issue with. I mean, perhaps you just can't import dogs into America at the moment. I don't know. Maybe you can't. Even robot ones. Who can say? Yeah. Who can say? But, uh, but it does say what's in the box. What do you get for your for your hundred and fifty nine pounds or hundred and sixty pounds? Really, isn't it? So you get a rotatable and movable head. A posable neck, printed fabric dog collar with canine ID tag, rotating sensory antennae, ears, as it, in brackets ears, light up speaker in brackets ears, pull out sensory probe, eye, extended laser weapon, nose, pull out microprint, tongue. What I don't know why I feel the need to actually put that in <laughs> to explain what each bit is. Um, light up control panel on top. I'm going to put in brackets back. Um, removable side panel reveals inner workings. Brackets. Giblets. <laughs> <laughs> um, movable gravitational feedback antennae. In brackets. Tails. Rotating wheels. Paws. Legs. Yeah, paws. <laughs> legs, paws. There we go. But then it does say. Um, now, it does have a star against light-up speaker, eyes. Um, yeah. It says, note, speaker emits light only, no sound. It's not a speaker <laughs> then, is it? <laughs> no. But what's interesting, they say that, but extending laser weapon, brackets, nose, doesn't have a... So we presume that is an extending laser weapon. <laughs> <laughs> There's no little hashtag that says no laser emitted. Well, exactly. So, uh, so everything else is real. <laughs> Apart from his eyes, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a canine needs a guide dog. Basically, is what they say there. <laughs> oh God, that's just uh, yeah. That's that. Yeah, some of that is. Um, I think someone needs to proofread this. <laughs> Getting at you, I think. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So um, so it's all yours. It's all yours. Actually, one point six scales, fairly big actually. That is fairly um, big. I don't know from for how big. Well, it doesn't have any um, sort of uh, sort of dimensions on here, um, unfortunately. Um, but if one one scale, that's that's full scale basically one yeah. one. Yeah. So one six, it's not that too far down actually. Mm. So I think it's quite a, a, a decent sized. Um, Decent size, sort of, I say toy, but sort of, you know, collectible item you're getting there, I should say. Yeah. And it, what we what also we have to say, of course, is that 
If you do anything other than pay the deposit, so if you do the full payment or the payment plans, you get a fourth Dr. Tardis hat stand. Oh, I didn't see that, Paul. Was it? Oh, crikey. Oh, yes, that's in the red there. It's, that's, that's the pre-order offer, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, that doesn't yes, say that, what scale that is. <laughs> it doesn't, does it? It's a full-size hat stand. <laughs> <laughs> or it sits, you know, fits in your hand. I don't know. <laughs> Well, now, interestingly, this offer expires on the 31st of April 2021. But expected to ship or advise delivery March 2022. So they've only just posted this. It says that the, the date there was the 1st of January when this got posted on, on the site I found it. But this offer expires on the 31st of April 2021. Which is interesting because April only has 30 days. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, very interesting. And the argument being that if you if you actually ordered it on the first of of May, would they could you claim that that was the thirty first of April according to them? Yeah, I know that's uh, yeah. This definitely needs to be proofread, doesn't it? So, <laughs> oh dear. So if you want one, get one. But 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 uh, judging by the dates on this, it might have already gone. Who knows? With this one, crikey. Who can say with this one? But there you go. There you go. So that's it for. No, well, I think we've we started the new year in style there with a bit of a bit of tat. It's been a, a long overdue return um, for, for this podcast and tat actually. So, uh, so we thought we'd just sort of bring you something, something these halfway decent to start the year off. There we go. Yes. Okay, everybody. So that's it for the news uh, for this month. So coming up next, we're going to be reviewing our first sort of new Doctor Who content um, for for this year. Um, that would be Revolution of the Daleks. Looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah, let's get on to that then. So, that's it for the news. Okay, everybody. We're excited here because we're now going to talk about new Doctor Who. And, of course, it's Revolution of the Daleks. How many people in the universe get to meet the Doctor, let alone travel with her? Being with the Doctor, you don't get to choose when it stops, whether you leave her or she leaves you. The Doc would really want us to keep an eye on the planet, right? But how is that possible? If you don't help, the human race is going down. You with us? As of now, you will see new defense drones at work. These machines are going to change the world. Yo! Remember Rose? I'm Captain Jack Harkness, and I'm immortal. Are you feeling insecure? Because you seem to need a lot of praise. Do I? Prepare for maximum extermination. Not you guys. Don't move! Now, Jack! Stay strong. People waiting for you. And before we give you our opinion on, on this episode, what did you, the listeners, think of this particular episode? Yes, we're going to kick off with your feedback first. And we've had some really good feedback this time and some very sort of couple of lengthy items of feedback. Um, so strap yourselves in, everybody. Here we go. But first of all, we had to, we'll go through Twitter, Facebook, and also some email feedback we received as well. So first of all, we had the one item, one person responded to us on Twitter. Uh, that's um, Anthony Saunders 2. 
Um, he says, really enjoyed it. Was nice that Graham and Ryan left and not get killed off. Wonder what this new character will be. Yes, Dan. Indeed, Dan. So we'll, we'll sort of, uh, what was <laughs> What was it in Carry On, um, Carry On Screaming? Was it Dan, Dan the Lavatory Man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> That's what he's now known as on this podcast, Dan, Dan the Lavatory Man. Okay, so um, thanks for that, Anthony. Um, now on to Facebook, Dean Hill. Hi, Dean. He says, enjoyed that. And nice to see Graham and Ryan's uh, leave on their terms. Um, he also finishes up with, I wonder how many Americans will understand John Bishop's accent. Yeah, so those of you um, um, on foreign shores, uh, John Bishop has a very thick Liverpudlian accent. Um, yeah, I, I'm beginning to wonder. if. <laughs> so I've heard, I've seen... People on, on sort of British TV shown on on American TV with people with very slight regional accents with subtitles. Yeah, does make me wonder. Does make you wonder if that's. But we shall see. We shall see. Um, okay. Next up, Andrea Gill. Uh, hi, Andrea. She says I enjoyed it, but poor Angela isn't exactly going to get a lot of exercise surrounded by other prisoners looking at her. Oh, yes, the Weeping Angel. Uh, a surprisingly prescient preview of the group exercise in 2020, though. Everyone in their own box. That's true. That's very true, actually. <laughs> yeah, that, that was sort of uh, a sort of like a, almost profit like that, because this was filmed in 2019. Um, and of course, 2020, what happened very early, we'll all just exercise in our homes to Joe Wicks, weren't we? Well, some yeah. of us were, I wasn't. <laughs> I mean, obviously I was in sort of shape without doing that. No, I just that. I'd exercise. It's for fools. Um, Paul Heath from the Pharos Project. That's the Pharos Project. Uh, hi, Paul. He says, been up all night and it's early afternoon here. Yes, of course, he's their man in LA. Um, so, um, so I'm not in the best condition to offer considered opinion. But I thought that was bloody awful. Is that John Bishop thing real? Didn't get extra scene on iPlay here. If it is, I'm done. Um, yeah, sorry to disappoint you, Paul. As you, if you listen to this and you heard the news, yes, it is a real thing. I'm afraid John Bishop is cast in Doctor Who as Dan Dan the Lavatory Man. Okay, so uh, thanks, Paul. Um, Harry Whiteley uh, says, "Okay, I was super excited for that episode. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed, but I wouldn't say it blew my mind. I like the concepts, but I think the plot felt a tad rushed." I think Jodie did a great job, though. Much better than the rest of her run so far. Another plus was I managed to stop myself putting my foot through the screen when Jack appeared. I'll say 6 out of 10. Thank you, Harry. Um, so we're getting sort of some... We went from good to mixed reviews now. So, um, but next up, we have... So thanks for that. Um, Alan T. Butcher. Alan, Alan is a regular contributor uh, for feedback on this podcast, and it's nice to hear from him again. Um, but... Alan is usually king of the two-word feedback. Um, he usually says jolly good, and that's it. Well, Alan did say jolly good, but then he countered with this very, very lengthy um, response. Did you so, go back to him and ask him to show his workings? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That sounds like a carry-on line as well, actually. <laughs> show me your workings. Okay, so, okay, Alan says, now strap yourselves in, folks. Here we go. He says, all in all, it was a well-plotted and fluidly delivered on all it tried to do. The companions got a taste of what they missed not having the Doctor around. The prison situation was not allowed to be a drag on the story, nor keep the Doctor out at the centre of it for too long. 
But we have to hope there is more to that thread ongoing than we've seen so far. We were garden pathing to thinking there would be an over-convenient over Dalek nullifies Dalek story conclusion, but in fact it led on naturally to both a direct but stealthy action ending, on, end, action ending and a trick on the Daleks, ending which tied the whole thing up and disposed of the hanging thread of an excess TARDIS. There was an excellent Dalek character moment when they were shown callously killing the remnant of the reconnaissance Dalek for the sake of purity, despite its Herculean effort and success in doing the Dalek thing and surviving. They credibly addressed the Daleks, the Doctor's currently disturbed state of mind without letting it interfere with a story not about that. Jack was not allowed to overwhelm the story, not that, that they did fall into any traps like him making more of a... a, a, a oh, hang on, let's just read that again. There's not a lot of punctuation around him, so there we go. Um, Jack was not allowed to overwhelm the story. Not did that. Not did they fall in. I think nor did they fall into any traps like him making more of a production out of the change in the Doctor than he would usually. I don't think production is the right word there, but okay. Um, the corporate personification was better employed than before, and his interaction with the technologist and the Prime Minister made his less cartoonish and more dangerous. That's Jack Robertson, um, in other words. Uh, the goodbye worked well and was of a similar nature and sentiment to Victoria's leaving in 1968, with perhaps a little more gumption apparent, which, was, uh, which she was not allowed to show, but also have in fact had. The John Bishop thing should be welcomed as a popular and capable performer, and I'm sure no one is silly enough to jump to any conclusions and uh, uh, attack, in, oh God, and into attack mode, given how things have turned out previously with similar castings. No, it's already happened, Dan, I'm afraid. Um, the vision of Grace at the end was a bit heavy-handed, but I guess it did accurately represent what Ryan and Graham's story together was always about. Those are my thoughts. Thank you very much, Alan. I don't think I did it justice reading it out there. Um, I'm trying to read it off of my um, off my iPhone, so um, I, I do apologise. But thank you, thank yeah. you for more, that. More, more than two words, and he struggles. <laughs> I know exactly. I know. I should let Paul read that. I, beyond jolly good, Alan, I'm knackered. That's it, mate. Okay, so now we have some email feedback. Um, and next up, we have. Well, first up, I should say is Jeff Waddle. Hi, Jeff. Again, another regular uh, contributor to uh, feedback. Um, there is some swearing in this, which I'm going to turn uh, sort of tone down. Um, so I'm going to put some substitute words in. Okay. Um, so Jeff says, first time I've used email to send feedback, but I'm having a break from Facebook because I know how that goes. Never mind the usual um, already uh, <laughs> swear words. Um, schnitt show, as I'm going to say, on Twitter. As most New Year's days, I'm half cut. So settle down to watch this with a shot of excitement, a dash of trepidation, and a top up of bollocks to the naysayers. I'll say bollocks, okay. Um, it was wonderful, and I thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish. Nothing groundbreaking, just a cracking Doctor Who story for a humour, thrills, and emotional bits. All you could ask of a special. Have a wonderful new year, and good stuff wished to you and yours. Um, and he said, and it just says, cheers. P.S. I'm sure you, and I mean the general you, not specifically you, can pick holes in this episode if you want to, but I don't want to. So, um, fudge all the naysayers. I loved last season, and I loved this. Thank you, Jeff. That's what I like about Jeff. He nails his colours to the mast. No mucking about. So, thank you very much. So, and uh, next up, lastly, we have Ian Key, another regular contributor to the show. I was going to say, really, really, what we should have done there is, when you got to the swear words, I should have come on with a different different voice, shouldn't I? You should. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god, god. Sli- yeah, slightly higher pitched. <laughs> yeah. So, and fudge all the naysayers. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So last as I said, I've bri- briefly alluded to Ian Key uh, again, another regular. Uh, contributor to the to the podcast so thanks in nice to hear from you again mate he says happy new year gents blimey it's been a while having watched revolution twice now i still don't know how i feel about it there is definitely a lot going on lots of moments beats the story has a nice linear feel which rips along at, at a pace but afterwards rather than feeling satisfied by it i was thinking is that it like being full of a chinese meal but hungry half an hour later Half an hour and a half later, I should say that. Um, I guess it's a one-off special, so it's not supposed uh, to be full of gravitas. One of the classics, or more recently, Fugitive Dune. However, I did expect more from it. So he says, number one, Captain Jack being back. Don't get me wrong, Baron was great, but the way he just seemed to disappear at the end was disappointing. Two, Graham's departure. I didn't want him killed off, but I did expect Bradley Walsh to have a bigger slice of the action, paving the way to him leaving. After regularly being the highlight of episodes over the last couple of years, I thought it was underused in this. On a positive note, I enjoyed the nods to the past, such as Jack mentioning Rose and the return of his square gun. I also liked the jeopardy in Japan as Jack and Yaz were attacked by the Dalek innards and also the return of the Bronze Daleks. A 7 out of 10 from me. And then, John Bishop. Following in the footsteps of Catherine Tate, Bradley Walsh and even Frank Skinner. Good point. I forgot about Frank Skinner, actually. Um... Really looking forward to seeing what he'll bring to the show. <clears throat> I've always found him to be a very personable and enjoy straight work as well as his comedy. I think he'll be great as a companion. All the best for 2021. Maybe another 12 months before we do this again. Cheers, Ian. Thanks a lot, everybody. Um, some, yeah, thank you. Yeah, some really good feedback there. Um, it's just a shame we don't get more uh, new content <laughs> on, a, on a regular basis for you guys to write in. But... Um, but I say, it's always very much appreciated to get the feedback for, for new content. You know, um, if you've got any feedback, anything we do, please just send it in. You know, we, we'd love to hear from you. We really do enjoy reading it out as well. So um, so get going. Get going if you want to. Now then, what did we think? What did we think of Revolution of the Daleks? We've heard what you thought. Uh, now it's over to us. And I do believe it's my turn to kick off, isn't it? It is. It is. Okay. Um, it's a shame, really. I, I was hoping it was going to be your turn, Paul, because I've done enough bloody talking so far. So. Um, now, for those of you, for, before I begin, for those of you who listen to the other podcast, I'm on the Doctor Who podcast, um, we released a, um, a sort of a hot take review of this um, story on New Year's Day. Um, and for those of you who listen to it, you will see we weren't particularly favourable, um, myself included. I was a bit nonplussed. Um, However, I've watched it again since then, um, and I have slightly changed my opinion of it, if I'm honest. Um, I thought it was enjoyable. It was rushed, to be honest. Um, there were a lot of things sort of were a little bit sort of um, sort of bit of an anticlimax, which I'll which I'll I think we'll come on to later. Um, but as I, as I said on, on the Doc Two podcast, I watched it. New Year's Day with my son, who's who's seven, um, and I th- I thought that all the Dalek stuff he was interested in, and I and my opinion was yeah okay we've seen it all before people being exterminated by Daleks, 
Um, he didn't like all the talky stuff between the, the character moments, and they're the bits I enjoyed more, if I'm honest. Um, but he was bored with them, so he, and he would go back to his, he start looking at his iPad or go off, leave the room, get a drink, and come back again. Um, so I think really, it, I felt the tone was a little bit sort of uneven. It was, uh, how can I put it? Doctor's always been a family show. People should sit down as a family. Or you got multi, so it's a multi-generational show, I think, more, more than a family show. You get different generations watching it, um, and certainly in my house. But I don't think it engaged all generations there. I think it, was, it didn't tick all the boxes this time, if you mm. see what I mean. Um, to, be fa- to, to be fair, when we was younger, we didn't have an iPad to go to when the talkie bits came on. No, do you know what? That That's a really valid point. That really is a valid point because we had we had no other distractions, did we? No. And I think that's the... I think that's the problem there. And it's not just what... Um, and it's not just a problem that Doctor Who faces. I think it's a, it's a problem that television, and probably in particular genre television, has to combat, really. Yeah. You've got to. And I, put... and I don't think it's just children either. No, it's not. Programs it... I watch, and I find myself picking up my phone at different points just to check to see if something's if there's a text or whatever come in, and or the football results. Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing because that information's at your fingertips. It it just sort of yeah. it's almost second nature now, but it does distract you from the job in hand. It it, yeah. it really does. Um, and obviously, while I was watching it in the years' day, I, I put the phone to one side because I didn't want to be disturbed with lots of tweets and, and everything. But of course, I had Scott asking me lots of questions because they were talking about things like you know, like mentioning Rose and, and 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 the joke about you know where Captain Jack hid his um, vortex manipulator. He, he didn't quite understand that, you know. So I was having, to, mm. and I didn't quite want to explain how Captain Jack hid that vortex manipulator. To be honest. But um, not when you're older, son. But yeah, it, it's um, yeah, it didn't quite tick all the boxes. However, I mean, I was quite sort of you know, my initial reaction was quite sort of dismissive of it, really. Um, and it still it what it wasn't it wasn't groundbreaking, it wasn't no. a groundbreaking bit of television. But then again, is that what you want for a New Year's Day special? That I mean, that is the point, isn't it? Is to where you can't be too. I mean, the interesting thing about this is this is actually the sequel to to last year's New Year's special. So if you're the sort of person that only watches Doctor Who during the Christmas New Year period, mm. it's actually the followed on continuity-wise perfectly. You know, you may wonder why the Doctor was in prison, but there's not much else that was going to cause you any problems. No, I think that that's one of the things that I... I did mention on the on the, the on the DWP as well is that it was quite, and it's happened a lot in recent years actually with the with the the Christmas or New Year specials, whatever you want to call them. Um, they they have in recent years become quite continuity heavy, always linking back to the last sort of the last series, and I think initially they weren't like that. They were sort of almost sort of completely to a certain degree completely separate to the, the previous season but might be setting up the season to come yeah if you see what i mean which i think w- works better because you just disengage your brain 
for 45 minutes, just enjoyed it, and then it will sort of leave you, again, leave you on a cliffhanger for what's to come in the next series. It whetted your appetite for what was to come. Now, I suppose in this way, they did this, they've kind of done this now with the um, the reveal of John Bishop, but I think people might have been more um, more inclined to, to revisit next series if the if the, the sort of like the, the big reveal was a, a returning villain for argument's sake. Yeah. Even if even if it's the master again for you know some you know f- you know j- just for plucking a, a name out of the air. But that sort of it set the next series up, and I know at the moment they're still probably when they when they filmed this series they never have a clue maybe not so much of a clue what they're going to do with this upcoming series obviously things have been rejigged around to make a shorter series because of because of covid yeah i mean, I mean this is the thing i mean this is very much a lot closer to the to in terms of when this was filmed it was a lot closer to last year new year last year's special yes it was yeah than we feel now I mean, this is a long time since we've seen Doctor Who. Well, not not as long as sometimes, but you know, it, we're we're in the eleven months sort of period, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, you know, it, it's I don't know. I mean, and then they've got you. They, it's yeah. How do you, how do you where do you come in on after last year after last series? Well, that's isn't the thing. Be, yeah, you've um, you've got to resolve that cliffhanger, haven't you? But without it being then completely top heavy on continuity, mm. I mean they they've tried basically to to make a sequel to last year's special, and yeah. with just various references along the way. I mean, I've, a why the Doctor is in prison. Uh, well, a the Doctor's been in prison, and you know how how she feels and whatever, but. Not yeah. really going into the whole ending of last series at all. No, I think it. I he said. I think it was. Um, I think it was Alan Alan T Butcher on his feedback said. You know, there's got to be something else to that because this whole big thing was. You know, that the the Jadoon caught up with the Doctor, put her in prison for like was it seven thousand crimes? They're not yeah. going to let let her go just like that, are they? Well, thought. I mean, you had the you had the chat with Ryan where he which basically ends with him saying, "Right, as soon as we finish this, you've got to go out and so, you've got to go and sort out your problems or whatever." Yeah, which is basically saying, you know, this is just a pause before we go back. I presume to to issues that were brought up in the last series. Yeah. Yeah, it did, it did seem to be like that, didn't it? Actually, now, you, yeah. now you've come on to that, um, Paul. Um, putting the 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 um, all the what's we call it, all the Dalek action to one side for a moment. Um, those character moments, because you had like Jack and and Yaz, you had the one with Ryan and the Doctor as well. And there wasn't that many, to be honest. No. Um, what did you What did you think of? Because obviously you, you had the the conversation between Jack and Yaz about, um, you know, on the terms of how you leave the Doctor. Really, you, yeah. You 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 have no choice, real choice in it as such, um, which kind of didn't add up because Ryan chose to leave, didn't he? Um, but yeah, what, well, what do you think? Because it doesn't sort of add up is the fact that that at the end Jack just disappears. 
I know, I know that that is weird because there was no goodbye for him or anything. That was that was no, weird. I mean, I mean, he literally did phone in his goodbye, didn't he? He did. <laughs> I mean, again, Which... sort of mentioning Gwen Cooper. If you didn't know Torchwood, you wouldn't know who Gwen Cooper was. Um, right. So again, it's that continuity thing. Um, nice, to, not you know, nice little back to Gwen Cooper. It doesn't look like we're going to see Torchwood on television anytime soon. Um, okay, it lives on um, with Big Finish, but I mean, how many years ago was Miracle Day? Now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you still still have flashbacks, don't you? Um... I do. That's nearly 10 years ago now, actually, isn't it? Yeah. 2000, 2011, that came out, wasn't it? But, uh... I mean, perhaps unknown at the moment, there is something to do with Torchwood. No, who knows? Who knows? And this is this the setting up for that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, my, my actual thing about the whole uh, Yazzie's reaction with the Doctor and that yeah. was the fact that they're all angry that they've had to... Just get on with their lives for ten months. No, no fault for her being in, for the doctor being in prison for how De- many? Decades, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So you know, there was there was a, there was a fair selfishness going on there. There was there really, yeah, yeah, you know? there really was. Um, I, to be honest though, it's almost like they've turned Yaz into a kind of Rose character here. She's very sort of clingy, with for of a better description. Um, with the Doctor. Um, so say, although she does volunteer to go with Jack. She does. It, it's that whole um, sort of adventure thing with, with Yaz. I, I, I can't quite figure out whether it's the it's the Doctor who wants to be parted from or that lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what can be said about Yaz is I think building towards there being less... Well, as we thought, less um, companions. Yes, yes. A lot more of the suggestions from the team were coming from her in this episode than perhaps in any other. Yeah. Like, she was, you know, points about the lights and other stuff seemed to be her, you know, saying to the Doctor, why don't you do this? Or what do you think of that? I, I don't know if it's in response to people sort of saying that Yaz didn't really contribute much as a character initially. And yeah. now she's sort of coming more to the, you know, or to the forefront. Um, and but has I think, to. to be yeah, honest. and has to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think in this particular episode, I'll echo, I can't really say it now in the feedback, but it was at the expense of Bradley Walsh. Yeah. Who didn't do a lot at all this episode. Um Ryan did a bit because he had that again. He had that scene with the Doctor, um, and that was a, a nice little uh, sort of role reversal, really. Yeah. Because um, it was it was Ryan giving the Doctor support rather than the other way round, uh, which yeah. I thought was a nice little twist. <clears throat> um, so I so I did enjoy those character moments. I, I thought it was quite, quite you know, quite good. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, and the thing thing with Ryan was yes, yeah, signposting the way that actually. He's now become his own person and sort yeah. of knows what he wants now. So yeah. the fact that he's now actually, yeah, giving the the doctor advice rather than being a bit open mouth sometimes while being talked to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, it was good to see his character come on. Um, however, though, much as I enjoyed. 
those sort of character moments. And I don't know if you felt the same way. I, again, and it, it seems to be an issue with um, Chibnall's era so far. We've only had, a, had two series so far and, and a couple of specials. Um, is that he does tend to stop the the action in its tracks, has a character moment, and then everything restarts again. Yeah. And that, that, that for me, that's why I was coming back to the whole... The tone was... I keep knocking my mic stand, sorry. The tone was slightly uneven. That's how I, I found it. And I don't know if you what, what your take on that is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's... It's... It's difficult to a sense, because... You're... Yeah, you're either going to end up with a lot of Dalek shooting each each other and shooting people. Yeah, You've, you will end up having to put something in just to break it up a bit. I know, but it, it's just to me, it's just the way it's done because it's sort of like you've got two. Um, it's almost like two plot strands. What most stories yeah. do, you have multiple plot strands running through running through a story, and. But it seems to me they're not sort of interwoven that that cleverly. It seems to be, okay, we've got a story about Daleks, but we also want to confront the issues of, of the Doctor you know, discovering she's not who she thinks she is. Um, you've got Ryan um, becoming his own person. You've got Yaz as well, who is missing that that lifestyle. Um, but it... it it's not so interwoven with everything else. It just seems to sort of like, okay, we're gone to Osaka, but before we go in the building, let's have this little chat first. They actually literally do stop what they're doing to have that discussion, then carry on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you know, you've got the whole question of why does it take the TARDIS so long to to travel around the Earth rather than... Yeah, I know. ...to go across... It should be instant, shouldn't it, really? Galaxies yeah. in less time. Yeah, but, that, that really didn't um, make sense. Which was just there to, to give them time to have that chat. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I mean, it's difficult to... There's a point where... The problem with Doctor Who, from our point of view, from my, is always that we've watched a... We've watched very slow episodes in the past where there was four and five and six parts. Yeah, yeah. And this sort of chat could take half of an episode. Oh, it could do. Um, it's just now where do you go in modern with modern filming and modern show speed techniques, you know? Um I don't know. I think it's hard because if you if you do want to put that in, because you cause it was something that you liked about original Doctor Who, mm. where do you put it into modern Doctor Who? That's the thing. And how do you? That's the thing. I know they had a lot more time to play around with this particular episode because it was it was an hour and a quarter. Um, but to be honest, I think it could have probably done with a 15 minutes being chopped off of it. And I, I know I'm actually a, a, a really sort of ungrateful Doctor Who fan. There, I'm actually complaining we've got a longer episode this time. But I just thought it could have done with with a little bit of trimming here and there. Actually, I'm not sure because had they not had those chats and had you not had those bits. I think then you'd have said it was very lopsided and it didn't really it didn't really mention what happened at the previous series, you know, that 
you'd, people would be complaining that it all seems to have been forgotten, other than the fact the Doctor's well, in prison. Well, not really. And then you, you'd you, have said Ryan leaving comes out comes out, out of the blue, blue right no, at could, the end. No, you could still you could still have those discussions while they're doing something else. So they were meant to be infiltrating that that um, cloning plant, wherever it was in in uh, Osaka. Now, as they're breaking in, they could have been having that conversation rather than just, and as I say, st- not literally just stopping the plot, but literally stopping as well. The characters stopped what they were doing to have that conversation. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? That it, that that could be done whilst they're doing something else. It didn't seem to. If you've got a task in hand, it didn't seem to be a. Na- it wasn't a natural stopping point. If you see what I mean. Uh. I don't know. I don't know that that sort of conversation. I think would get lost if you had it in the middle of a, if you had some action going on at the same time. Or well, someone say action. I'm just saying as they were sort of as they were sort of breaking in and making their way through the plant, and and they, then then that conversation would end where they saw all the clone tanks, for argument's sake. Because it was literally okay to walk through the front door, and there it was, really, wasn't it? So. So it's um yeah I, I don't know well, I'm, right, did, maybe maybe being overly picky I don't know yeah I mean with with Jack and Yazzie's conversation they was walking towards the the plant weren't they yeah not knowing what it was and they was basically following the same route as the um CEO Leo Leo yeah yeah. So, it wasn't that unusual for them to be doing that walk. Where you've got the Doctor and Ryan is basically, well, they land the TARDIS right in the middle of the the plant. So, where do you go from there? Plus the fact you've also got um, Robertson giving it all the, what's happened here, why I'm, what's... What's the TARDIS? Why am I here? How has this happened? Yeah. Going on at the same time. Just, yeah, I don't I, I don't really know how you get that in otherwise. No, I, 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 do, I do take your point on that, really. Um, it, it was just, it was really the, the, the Jack and the Yaz one that yeah. it literally did. Yeah, okay, you can, you can argue with the, with the Doctor and Ryan's discussion, but they were in transit. Yeah. So they were on their way. Admittedly, it took longer than it should have done because they're in a time machine, but we'll put that to one side. Um, however, it, it was just the Jack and the Yaz one. Nice as a conversation and acted as it was. There's nothing wrong with the... I'm, I'm able to put this absolutely straight right now. There's nothing with anybody's performance in the, performances in this yeah. story whatsoever. Um, I thought everybody was really, really good. Um, it was just the way it was put together, I felt was a bit stilted, really. The way the way the the it, the flow it didn't flow for me. That's just my personal opinion. It's not you know. Other people enjoyed it. Fine, they enjoyed what they saw. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it because I I I enjoyed it more on the second time. It just it was still those little sort of plot beats. It just sort of stopped, started, stopped, started. You know. Yeah. So, but there you go. There you go. That's just uh, this way. Um, and I think we discussed those those parts quite long enough. Actually, should we get to to the main part of the story, the Daleks? Yes. Yes, and, hey, well, and Jack and Jack Robertson in particular actually um, wasn't really expecting him to 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 come back. If I'm honest, he wasn't. Um, 
I suppose in a funny way he could have done um, after the Arachnids in the UK. But I thought maybe Lenny Henry's character would have made an appe- uh, another appearance because he was that similar sort of... It was that tech giant company that he owned, wasn't it? Yeah. Which I would have um, thought, thought would be more up his street than maybe Jack Robertson. But I know what they're doing with the Jack Robertson character and they did that, made that perfectly clear in Rats in the UK. It's a mirror of Trump. Yeah. And, and to a certain extent, it's difficult to know the the character that Lenny Henry played was very much more self-assured on whatever. Whereas yeah. Robertson, yeah, I think worked well from a point of view of someone that would just jump ship to the to where he thought either the money or the power was. Uh, well, yeah, that that that's played out in real life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think from that point of view, his character was the perfect one to be. That sort of to 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 be there, you know, to, to yeah. be the one that would do that. So. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can see that. It, it didn't. I mean, it, it made sense. It made it was better than introducing a new character just to do that role. Mm. When you've got somebody who's already set that up as a a backstory, you don't have to worry about introducing his, that character's backstory as well. No, no, you know exactly. Um, you get one reference. Oh, you mean you mean you, know, you mean the Spider Guy? Um, yeah, and that, and that yeah, that's it really. Um, I think in, I mean, this one was particularly, oh, I could have put it quite on the nose politically, wasn't it? Really, because you had the um, Harriet Walter uh, as Joe Patterson, um, who had designs on becoming the uh, the prime minister, yeah, um, and and did, um, and the little speech outside. Um, yeah, all about security, security for your families, and yeah, that sort of rings, kind of rings true to a certain degree, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think, especially when it comes to the the Dalek water cannon, um, yeah, does that remind you of a certain yeah ex London mayor and now prime yeah. minister? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, but it was done, and you either knew that or you didn't. You know, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't badly. Ram down the, the throat. I mean, the, the person, the person who probably gets the worst press out of this is, is Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley, why Mike Ashley? Because <laughs> that's how Robertson's referred to, isn't it? Oh, is that American? What oh, right. Okay. Because he's buying up all these companies that are going bust. Ah, I see. I see. No, I, I must admit, I missed that. I missed that little quip actually. <laughs> Yeah, got that, it, yeah, it comes from um, Harriet Walters' character to him when they're yeah. out on that first meeting when they're standing by the car. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, actually, now, let's let's go, let's start from the beginning a little bit here. Um, we, obviously, we don't want to go for too long, so otherwise people will get bored of listening to us. But um, the beginning, how did they know that he would that the the guy who was delivering um, the destroyed Dalek from GCHQ? Would stop at that particular tea hut. Um. Well, a you don't know how many other tea huts there are. And who who organised his death? Well, we was that actually Robertson? Was, was it Robertson, or was it um, Harriet Walters' character? 
Because Robertson, well, no, no, Ro- Robertson was Robertson. Robertson thanks her for the tip off that it was being transported. So that suggests that it was Robertson's firm that did it. Because it just doesn't. Robertson's a a certain kind of character. I don't know whether his character would actually result to to killing. Um, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. If he's willing to sell out the entire human race, maybe then then one lorry driver to get his hands on something that's going to be well, I think could that, be worth that, millions. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's not I gonna stop I mean, him. I don't think. Sell out the human uh, race was to save his own skin, really, at the end. Um, but then you've got the, the yeah. bit. So I keep knocking my microphone down. Um, the bit with um, Leo when Leo dies. He's got genuine remorse there, though, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh... So we're getting to think whether there's going to be like a kind of a a, a change in his character, or, he, or he, you know, but it, it didn't happen, did it? Um, no. He just reverted no, to he, type. Yeah. As soon as, soon as yeah, as soon as he 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 worked out the angle. Um. Yeah, he reverted to type. There's not. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the. I mean, the, the whole thing about when when confronted by the Dalek cloning site was, you know, how did you afford this? Here's yeah. the purchase orders. Was the first thought was how much does this cost me? Not what is going to happen. What's going to Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to the human race here. Yeah. But, uh... Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 think, I think the tea thing, I mean, yeah, you don't know. They, they could have set up other ones. That may have been the only one that was open on that day. Maybe. That there was travelling. I mean, it was it, taken obviously, a... obviously oh, if you find out that, that they've been tipped off that it's being moved that in that on that route beforehand. Yeah. So you know, it's just and it's a route that he seems that driver seems to take often because he knows well, it's, what goes it's just, to where? Yeah, I mean, it's just the thing though that you, you're transporting something like that, and you've only you, it's, you've got a lone lorry driver. I mean, I think there will yeah. be a few more, <laughs> a bit more security. Since since you just yeah. come from GCHQ as well, um, but oh well, that's uh, that's that's besides the point. But uh, no, I know a lot of people didn't like the um, the Dalek. Oh, I saw, I saw oh, the fact that after the last year's Christmas special. Yeah, GCHQ tweeted, didn't they, to say we've just been clearing that up? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then I had to tweet again saying this didn't go, this didn't last well. <laughs> I did see that. That that was that was good. I'm glad they sort of joined in, in the spirit of it there. That was yeah. good. But uh, no, although sort of people got again got the knickers in the twist saying about oh this is a new dark design, it's horrible, it's horrible. And I thought we've well, just got to tie back to the to this story, and it did. You know, it, yeah. It, the oh, first, yeah. Actually, yeah. actually, what it turned out was no, it wasn't. Yeah, there, there was a certain thing that this is going to be what the Daleks are going to be from now on, wasn't it? Oh yeah, this is a new Dalek from now on. Where actually, no, it was just basically they were copied from that, from that scrappy challenge Dalek. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, we see the the, the, nor- the normal Daleks, you know, come along and, and and don't like them either. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the embodiment of Twitter coming to kill. It was. It? <laughs> it was. It's not the SAS Daleks. It was the Twitter Daleks, wasn't it? Yeah. The self-entitled Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. No, it was. Um, yeah, and I mean, I like the idea of sort of the the the, um, 
the idea of sort of the SAS Daleks, as it were. Um, yeah. Which, to be honest, didn't seem any different to any normal Daleks. If I'm honest, they do seem to still be stupid and outwitted by the Doctor. But oh well. Um, but there we go. But uh, but no, I, I you know we've all seen um, Daleks. Dalek battles before we've had Dalek civil wars before, so again, I don't think it was really anything, um, anything new. To, to, yeah, I to mean, that I, I think this is this, to me. This is this is the the only real criticism I've got of this episode is yeah that it was pretty much formulaic. Yeah, and it was just it was just a question of how does the Doctor solve the Dalek problem? Yeah. That's it. Uh, which actually was 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 a reasonable explanation, and as I think Alan said, was a good tie up to get rid of the other TARDIS as well. Yes, indeed, indeed. So, although although there, there was a, a part of me that wanted them to keep that control room because I I really do not like Josie Whittaker's or Thirteenth Doctor's TARDIS. Yeah, I really don't like well, it. Yeah, it hasn't grown on me. I'm afraid that one, it really hasn't. No. I, I, the, no, I have you know, to say. It. Yeah, hasn't. So what? What were they thinking with that? Seriously, um, but hey ho, hey ho, it's there. We got, we got to accept it, Paul. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, not gonna bring back the plain white ramble. I know. That's the thing. I know. It's just us looking back with rose tinted spectacles. But there is something about that particular console room that just sort of um, warms warms the old cockles. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, it does it does tie up a lot of sort of leftover sort of plot threads apart from the Thomas Children thing, which I think, as you say, that is what's going to happen from now. Um, I hope it doesn't dominate um, next series too much. Yeah, I hope they. I well, actually hope they kind of spread it out a little bit. You know, I mean, the problem they've got is that course, if they've got now less episodes, it probably will dominate more than was probably intended. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't mind if they just. Basically, leave that as a as an unknown. Well, they Where did the basically, didn't they? Come from? Yeah, I mean, they did with, it, with that. It that doesn't the, the the mention of the timeless children was right more or less right at the very beginning um, of Jodie Whittaker's yeah. thir- first series. It wasn't really addressed until the end of the second one. So, um, no. yeah, I like yeah, I'll be happy. They just leave it for a bit. Yeah, I mean, there just doesn't need to be that. I don't think there needs to be an explanation. I mean, we 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 there's been a long enough period in the Doctor's uh, history, yeah, where it wasn't did nobody knew who or where he came from. No. So why does that matter now? Well, exactly. I I don't think you know. There's always been the mystery around the Doctor, you know, which yeah. I think was initially set up by Andrew Cartmel back in the eighties. So. Um, I know he had sort of like a plans a bit more to sort of flesh out the Doctor's character a bit more, um, but I, I don't, I don't, well, really, I don't way... really want to go over that ground again. Actually, we've had, but, we've had but this... people, pe- people with the Doctor, I mean, who started to watch it f- from the very first episode, had to wait until the war games before they found out. I know exactly. So, and even then, it, it didn't give a lot away, did it? It just no. said, well, you know. So you know, the this fact is what... of... well, actually, they didn't even name the planet. No, exactly. So you know, it's it, it's it's not necessary to the plot of Doctor Who no, to know it's not. It's who not. the Doctor is. The Doctor's the Doctor, and that is that. And that is that. Yeah, which I think was that was the whole point of the Doctor and, and Ryan's talk, wasn't it? Yeah. You are the Doctor, and then the Doctor realised that herself when when Leo died. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got yeah, I was fairly dismissive of this story when I on on first a first take, to be honest. Um, but watching it a second time, I, I thought that actually there's a there's a bit more going on there than I initially gave it credit for. I think actually, yeah. it's not it's I, not the greatest episode of Doctor Who. It, it isn't. No. Um, but it's certainly enjoyable, and I didn't. I, it yeah. wasn't a. It wasn't a chore to watch it a second time after sort of like not liking it. The first, you know that thing when you watch something for the first time, you don't like it, and you when you really have to drag yourself in front of the television to to watch it a second time. Um, yeah, it, it didn't feel we'll like go that. Through the episode. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, no, it didn't. It it didn't feel like a chore the second time along. It really didn't. No. Um, no. Yeah. It, it it was it was a nice. Little episode, and that's that. I mean, yeah. I don't think, yeah, it's not perhaps the first one I'd think to if I was sitting at home bored for an hour. First one I'd think to put on, but I wouldn't be upset if it was on. No, me neither. Me neither, mate. No, I'd, I'd no, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, now be, before we wrap up, we, we must address actually Ryan and um, oh, I've forgotten his bloody Graham. name now. Graham, that's it. Thank you. I was just referring to him as Bradley Walsh. So, I was going to say, say so, so quickly we forget. <laughs> what companion? <laughs> um, yeah, their their exit from from um, from Doctor Who. Um, I thought it was I mean, nicely handled. Actually, yeah. I mean, I, I was pleased that they was allowed to to go off and live. Basically, there there yeah. was points where. Ryan volunteers to go with Captain Jack to the to the Dalek ship to blow it up. Yeah. And Jack says to the Doctor, are you happy for them to go? And you're thinking, oh, is that going to be like the point there that she sent them to their death? And Yeah. Or she's let them go to their death and whatever. You did, did that sort of thing that, yeah, this is what's going to happen. Because we knew, obviously, they was, they was going. Yeah. There was that point where you thought, "Oh, is this how they're going to kill them?" Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, no. So so after that, I was I was I was really pleased to to see them walk out of their own on their own terms. Yeah, exactly. I I think that's um and obviously they've got Sonic paper of their own now to carry on adventuring, which it, which it definitely alludes to at the end with the was it the yeah. the signs of trolls in Finland or something. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it, so their adventures sort of continue, really. Yeah. Um, however, and, and some... the fact that they've they've they've, you know, what what are their journey starting with them basically, almost <clears throat> being thrown together, where you know, there was the fact that Ryan had never really accepted him. That's right. Yeah. To now end with them actually, both happy to be together and away from the Doctor. It is a nice ending to their story. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but they they have. I mean, the, the, I thought it was a bit over the top with Grace. Yeah, I was just about appearing to appearing in. Yeah, the... I was about to mention that um, they had this sort of like dual vision. Um, yeah. Of of Grace in in the sunshine. <clears throat> But but um, then that yeah. that was to tie up to say <clears throat> this was exactly this is the, their their journey has ended pretty much as she would have wanted it to be. Yeah. You know, they're there. It meant he's basically calling him granddad now. 
Yeah, is accepting it. him. You know, they're not both there against each other, but for her, they're there for each other now. Yeah. Yeah, so, I yeah, thought no, it was, it was I, a nice thought, little end, end to their nice ending. Yeah. yeah, nice end to their story. Really, it really was. So, and of course, we at the end it says Doctor will 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 return. So we, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> it's set in stone. There we are. We know it's been filmed. We've yeah. Just got to wait a bit longer than normal. That's all. So, yeah. uh, no, it was. Um, I I I just want to say one last thing though. It's something I said on on the on the DWP as well. I. And you sort of said, said as well at the beginning of the podcast, actually, you wanted to watch the football rather than watch this live. Um, yeah. And I think that if I wasn't podcasting and had to sort of, because I knew I was doing something on New Year's Day straight after it finished with on the DWP, so I had to, I you know, I had to watch it live. Um, there is now part of me is not, I don't know, I don't have that excitement for new for new Doctor Who anymore there's not that buzz around it so much anymore i don't get um, I, I must watch it i must i thought if it was a podcast i would have watched it later i would have watched it on catch up i think if it had been any other game i'd watch doctor who rather than the football yeah um it just was that particular game and it was just then a question of what is it easier to avoid somebody um telling me what happened yeah as long as i stayed off twitter and facebook i felt i was pretty much safe to um not know what had happened on doctor who doctor who that day whereas yeah whereas if i'd watched doctor who and not the football my phone would have been beeping at certain points which may have told me what was happening in the football so taking your eye off of, off that, of that was my yeah. decision. Yeah. Um, it wasn't particularly that one was more important to me than the other, as such. It was just the fact of what what will I get, what one am I least likely to have spoiled if I don't watch it straight away. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I say I, I I'm not getting that that buzz from it at the moment, and I hope that changes. Um, I say it's got nothing to do with the. Uh, I don't know. I don't I'm think it's got the same. I'm tempted to say you're a fifty year old man. Um, <laughs> yeah, there is that to it. Um, Doctor Who. You're, you're never going to have that buzz you had when you was nine. I'm sorry. No, no, you absolutely. Well, no. But, but to be honest, I'm not getting that buzz I had from 2005 onwards any longer. I couldn't wait for a new series of Doctor Who to come out, and now I'm a little bit okay. It's back, and that's it. Really, I'm not sort of really excited anymore, and I wasn't really excited to watch this, and it's got nothing to do with. Jodie Whittaker's casting, or, or, or the, the TARDIS um, team, or anything like that. I, I, I think it's just more. I of... think we've had fifteen years of, the, of a program again. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I think nothing was ever gonna. I mean, we were, the excitement building up to two thousand and five, yeah, to that episode to Rose was something that probably was closer to me as the nine-year-old than anything probably I've had with telly since. Yeah. Um, but and there is a sense of familiarity. Well, there is a series. Yeah, I think there was the whole. Um, obviously, yeah, two thousand thirteen as well. You know, the the, the anniversary yeah. year, and I think yeah, we had, and certainly in the UK anyway, we had lots of Doctor Who content leading up to the big day. 
Um, and it really was a big, almost like year-long celebration um, of, of Doctor Who in the UK. Hmm. Um, and particularly London, which I think we made a big thing about because everything was happening in London. Um, yeah. But yeah, come the, the end, stuff, we? yeah, I think come the end, we had, I, I assumed, had Doctor Who fatigue. I really did. I, I I was glad of a break from from it, to be honest. And and I'm kind of reaching that point now, really. I'm, I'm sort of I want I want a Doctor Who break, really. But then again, we haven't had a lot to discuss Doctor Who wise anyway. So no, I, I... not new Doctor Who, put it that way. Not new Doctor. Who. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just there's certain yeah I... maybe. Maybe, I mean, maybe what we say in this is the fact that we think this episode's how much, how much different can you go? I mean, perhaps actually we've had now too much Cybermen and Daleks for the last few, yeah, things we've seen, yeah, last couple of series. So, you know, I, probably the episodes that I've enjoyed most out of the last couple of series have been the historical ones. Mm. Yeah, that'd be. And good, I wouldn't actually. mind yeah. if Doctor Who went that way for a bit. Yeah. Rather than the space, we went the time. But also left out the sci-fi angle. You said a pure yeah. historical. Yeah. Yeah. No invading monsters or, or you know, or, or latch onto that technology or something. Just have a straight up, yeah, um, historical story. Which would be quite nice, actually. Yeah. But then I don't know how the the modern Doctor Who fan. No, I think that, that again. This is it, the problem. Yeah, that it's us 50, sort of... fifty year old fans again, isn't it? What it re- yeah. returns to the glory days, you know, as we as we like to call yeah. them. But I mean, how? I mean, if you take that to to what would your son rather watch? A battle with Daleks or um, I don't know, the French Revolution <laughs> or, or or Oliver Cromwell. Dis- <laughs> Sort of getting rid of Charles the First or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, that that that's that's probably the question now, isn't it? Is is to, and we've seen it all, and they haven't. So. Yeah, that's it. Oh god, we said like Stutler and Waldorf. <laughs> 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 oh well, well, before before we sort of like convince ourselves we're never going to watch Doctor Two again, shall we? Shall we wrap this up? <laughs> Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think we waffled on long enough, but um, no, I, th- I think on the whole, it was an enjoyable story. Um, I think it's probably got more more to do with my own personal take on Doctor Who and where I am with Doctor Who at the moment. I think really. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. There we go. So anyway, folks, uh, that's it for this month, January. So uh, um, we'll be back again in February. Not entirely sure what we're going to be doing yet. Um, is it a book review or not a book review but a dvd stroke target review or we're back onto big finish again i can't quite remember um we're on book review book review oh good we get to do a dvd and book that's good yeah excellent so that's what we're doing next month but obviously um as i sort of tweeted and put on our facebook group in march this year uh we are celebrating our 10th anniversary of podcasting um i cannot believe it's been 10 years paul no. Oh, it's approaching 10 years. Um, so obviously we would like to do something um, a bit different that month, but it all depends on what we're, where we're going to be <laughs> lockdown-wise, whether we're actually going to meet up again. Meet each other or not. Yeah, because yeah, uh, obviously we'd like to 
really for us is to go back to where it all started, and that's with Paul, myself, and Tony returning to the folks. It's been almost like two years, I think, since Tony's last been on the podcast now. Um, but obviously, Tony's not technolo technologically minded, um, so it's it's going to be difficult to how we're going to get him onto the podcast remotely at this particular stage and doing a commentary more to the point yeah so um yeah and, we'll and, see. And, and, and obviously for the special i'm going to meet myself a, a lot a, a, a me that's a lot thinner and you're going to meet yourself with a hair aren't you i'm going to meet myself with hair actually so just say don't waste the next 10 years of your life <laughs> Find something more productive to do. But, uh, no, I, I no. As I say, I I I enjoy the podcast in aspect of talk, even though I might be yeah. sort of slightly falling out of love with the show at the moment. Um, but I think it's just because I've reached saturation point with Doctor. I still love the podcasting mangle of it, so yeah. I still like talking about it. So um, there we are. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how we go with that. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, let's get through February first before we start thinking of the our um, anniversary month. So yes. Well, anyway, so all, all our of uh, all I can say is all of our uh, planned um, events at the BF5 have been cancelled. <laughs> yes. So um, I, I was so looking forward to Frank Skinner interviewing me as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. That actually, then you know, that'd be nice if somebody interviewed us for a change rather than us interviewing other people. It would be nice to do it yeah. the other way around. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> no. Oh, crikey. Anyway, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. So until we return uh, in February, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you don't want to miss a show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and if you have time, leave us a quick review also. You can also subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Amazon Music, and don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to leave us feedback, you can do this through Twitter, at who's underscore he underscore podcast, and also through the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. You can find all of these links on our website, who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk. Hyphen